Do you really know the connection between your teeth and the rest of your health? Did you know that problems in your body can affect your teeth and vice versa? If you have silver fillings, what could they be doing to present a toxic environment to your system? Welcome to the Tooth Body Connection with Dr. Don Ewing. In this program, you'll learn about precautions and safe practices in order to keep your teeth and the rest of your body at safe and healthy levels of life. Now, here is Dr. Dawn Ewing. Hello, I am Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the Executive Director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. It's a group of dentists and physicians that understand that what could be going on in your mouth could have an effect on your health, and vice versa, what's going on with your health could affect a tooth. Today we're going to talk about different types of dentistry because there's a lot of people that don't understand the different you know, uh, types of fillings or crowns and what those mean. So we're going to go into some detail about what those are. First, we're going to start with something easy like a filling. Let's say you have a tooth that has some decay in the chewing surface, which in dentistry would be called the occlusal surface. It's a one-surface filling. Nowadays, most dentists will place a composite in there. That's a white filling. That composite could be made out of plastic. It could be made out of porcelain. It could be made out of a glass ionomer. So if you'll look at our show that has to do with compatibility of dental materials, you'll go over the different types of materials that are available. You know, years ago, we used to have done uh, amalgams. And the, a big difference between amalgams and composites, the amalgam itself isn't adherent to the tooth. And so when the tooth was prepared, the decay was removed, then the tooth would have to be prepared so that the bevels would point towards the chewing surface of the tooth. So if you could envision a snow cone, the cup, you know, it's, it's round and it's pointy, and you're going to invert it so that the point is pointing up. The dentist would have to bevel the inside preparation of the tooth so it would hold the filling in place. They would mix up this amalgam and then they would press it into the tooth layer by layer and that beveling action is what would actually keep the filling in the tooth. Well, with the composites coming out, the composites could be mixed and then they could be bonded to the tooth. So the tooth could be just barely scooped out if there was a small area of decay, and you actually would destroy less tooth by using the white filling materials than the old amalgams. So a filling can take over the chewing surface of the tooth. It can go down one side or the other of the in-between of the tooth. So when you're talking about the portion of the tooth that is closest to your nose, if the tooth is a box, that would be called the mesial surface. And the part of the tooth that is the furthest away from your nose or closest to your ear would be called the distal. So you could have a one-surface filling, a two-surface filling, a three-surface filling, or even a four- or fifth-surface filling. If you had a part of the filling that went over onto the cheek side of the tooth, which we call the buckle, or the labial surface, or the lingual, which is the tongue side of the tooth. So a filling is anything that is mixed up and placed into those. Two types of fillings that are most common are the amalgams, which are the silver fillings that are 50% mercury, or having the composite fillings done. 
long time ago, there used to be some gold foil fillings that were done, but you really don't see those much anymore. Okay, so now we go on to the difference between a filling and the next step up from that, which would be an inlay. An inlay is where you precisely cut out the tooth that is has been destroyed from the decay. And then you're going to take a mold of that area, and usually it's going to go to a lab that's going to fabricate a custom puzzle piece that is going to fit into that tooth. So envision that you have a puzzle and you're missing one piece and you go, it, you know, it has a little outie and an innie and special places. Well, that's exactly what you're asking the dentist to do. So you're having, uh, you have to have a higher level of skill and judgment on the dentist part to be able to create this so that the lab can make it and precisely have this custom filling that will drop into that spot and be bonded in place or, or cemented in place. Nowadays, there are some pieces of equipment that use CAD, the computerized uh, assisted drawing technique, where they can use a chunk of material that is a, like a piece of porcelain that the computer will actually go in and mill. And when it's finished, then that can be dropped into the tooth. And the most common one that I'm aware of is a CEREC machine that will actually do that. So an inlay is a filling that has been made outside of the tooth and then is then glued or bonded into place. From that, then we go to an onlay. An onlay is the same thing as an inlay, but it takes one cusp of the tooth. So the, you look at a tooth and it has, uh, especially the back teeth, I'm going to call them four mountains. They're cusp tips, points of the teeth, if you will. If that filling goes over one of those cusp tips, then we call that an onlay. So that's the difference between an inlay and an onlay. It's the same procedure as an inlay. It's milled either with a CEREC machine or it's sent to the laboratory from the impression. And then when it comes back, that one piece is cemented into the tooth or bonded in. Next up from that is a crown. So now I want to talk about crowns for just a moment because what's usually done, at least years ago, is if the tooth was broken, then an amalgam buildup was done so that the tooth could be above the gum line. Nowadays, hopefully not as many dentists are doing amalgam buildups and they're using a composite buildup instead. But then the enamel is removed off of the tooth so that a crown can be fitted on top of it. So when we're talking about a back tooth, the dentist takes a drill, removes all of the enamel, makes the tooth a little shorter and a little smaller, just the portion that's above the gum, and then an impression is taken. That impression is sent to the lab, and then the lab makes either a gold crown or a nickel crown with porcelain on top. Or again, you could have a CEREC machine that mills the porcelain crowns and then that crown is seated on top of it. The disadvantage with a full crown is that your tooth is a living organ. When you brush your teeth at night before you go to bed, you run your tongue over your teeth, they're all nice and slick. When you wake up the next morning, there is some kind of funk that happened in your mouth. It doesn't smell good. Um, you've got a, a layer of biofilm. When you run your tongue over your teeth, they're all rough and fuzzy. 
And that, that biofilm is your teeth detoxifying while you sleep. Loma Linda did some research where they found that a healthy tooth pushes its toxins through the tubules to the outside of the tooth. And an unhealthy tooth actually reverses that tubule flow and it takes in toxins into the inside of the tooth. So it's actually a normal procedure for you to wake up the next morning and have all that funk on your tooth. But if you have a crown placed on that tooth, you have basically smothered it and and prohibited the tooth from being able to detoxify correctly. So if you can get the dentist to do a three-quarter crown, which would mean that the top of the tooth is covered with the crown, maybe three sides of the tooth are covered with that crown, but one window of enamel has been left so that the tooth can try to detoxify on its own. And a preference would be that you're having a non-metallic crown. So when you look at the options for crown materials, you know, the standard of care, if you're asking for a non-metal crown, in a regular dentist's office, what that means is when I smile, when I laugh, I don't want to see metal. I don't want a gold crown. I don't want a silver crown. And so what they do is paint porcelain on top. So it's a porcelain veneer crown. Those generally are high nickel-based crowns that have a porcelain painted on top. So if you have a crown right now in your mouth, one of the ways you can tell if you have a metal-based crown is go to a mirror and look at the tongue side of the crown right where the crown meets the gum. If you see a little silver line or black line there, then you probably have a metal crown with porcelain baked on top. So we get back to how important it is for us to do compatibility of materials because a lot of women are very sensitive to nickel and most of these crowns are nickel-based crowns. There are some dentists that do higher noble crowns where they'll use a gold material and then paint uh, get the porcelain on top and have it baked on. But when we're looking at the, the metal crowns, we use stainless steel to suppress acupuncture points. We use gold to stimulate them. So we're not even an advantage of using, we, we don't like using the gold anymore. We thought at one time that it was a better option to do, but now there are some really good porcelains that are out there that are better to use. So what's the difference between a crown and a bridge. Well, that's that's three crowns or four crowns that have been all soldered together. So if you're missing, let's say your front tooth, and you want to have a bridge done, then they would crown the two teeth on either side of that space, and they would call it a bridge. And when it comes from the lab, it's a three-unit or looks like three crowns that have all been soldered together. And then they are glued on the two teeth that are the abutment teeth, the two teeth that have been ground down to receive the crowns with a full crown in between. That is the traditional kind of bridge. There are two other kinds of bridge. One is a, a cantilever bridge where only one tooth is crowned and one tooth is hung off of it, just in free air. That's not usually done on a front tooth. Oftentimes those are reserved for very back teeth um, where uh, you just have a, a smaller shaped tooth hanging off the end. And then we have what's called a Maryland bridge. The Maryland bridge is one single crown that has 
two little wings or nubs out the side in the back. And the teeth that are on either side are especially prepared with little divots made out of the tongue side of the tooth to receive those two wings and they'll be glued in. Um, this is very similar to a Carlson bridge. Um, and if you go online and Google either the Maryland bridge or the Carlson bridge, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Interestingly, if you'd like to see some images or you need more detail on what these types of dental procedures are, in my book, which is Let the Tooth Be Known, I have some graphics in there. If you go to my website, which is www.drdawn.net, you can order the book online, which is less than $5, and then you can go in and look at all of that information. I've given lots of detailed information. We're going to come back in just a minute after this break, and we're going to talk about some other options besides permanent dental work. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skincare Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Don Ewing, and we were talking about different types of dental work. We started off with a filling and kind of went into an inlay, an onlay, a crown, and a bridge. Those are very permanent uh, things that are done. It, you know, a disadvantage to a bridge when you're looking at having dental work done is the restriction of the cranial suture line. So I want to talk about that for just a moment because I'd like to give people the pros and cons of each. So when we're looking at bridge work, of course, a pro is that, you know, it doesn't have to come in and out of your mouth. It it looks and feels 
like your tooth did when your tooth was in your mouth. The disadvantage is you have to floss underneath the artificial tooth, which is the uh, ponic. That's that's what we call it, the the one that's kind of hanging out in the midair. You'll have to get some floss and go underneath there. And then you have to be sure and keep the sides of the abutments, the two teeth that are actually holding the bridge. Because the risk is if it decays, that you would have to have the entire bridge taken off and a new one made. And so when you're talking about, let's say, um, let's make up a price of a crown being $1,200, and you're going to have a bridge, that bridge is now $3,600 investment. And so it's really important that you keep those areas clean so that you can keep that bridge as long as possible. Now, another disadvantage is, have you ever tried to floss your teeth and on some days the floss is so tight, it just won't, it, the teeth won't allow the floss to go in there. And you push and push and push and finally it snaps in. But then another day you try to floss the same area and it just flat falls right in there. Well, your skull has suture lines. And years ago, we thought that those suture lines completely fused as you were an adult and that they never moved. And now what we know is that those cranial suture lines have a gentle ebb and flow. And so if needed, then the skull actually becomes a little bit larger than what it is on certain days, and it can hold a little more fluid, and that affects your teeth. So if the tooth is bridged, then it prevents movement in that area at all, and it can affect the meridian that is tied to that particular area. So it's not uncommon in biological dentistry for them to find out that a bridge has been done, and now the person is having some problems with their health, and for them to go in and cut the bridge and remove the false tooth in between, and the person starts having improvement in their health. Now, that's uncommon, but it it does happen on occasion. So I want to make someone aware that that is a disadvantage to having a bridge done and the ability to be able to clean. So when someone talks about what would be a choice if you didn't want to have a bridge, then what would your options be? Well, there would be two different options. One would be a partial or a removable appliance. If it's just one tooth on one side, some dentists will call that a Nesbit. It's just the name of that particular kind of partial. It's also called a unilateral partial. It's just on one side. It's one small tooth with little arms that hug the tooth in front and hug the tooth in back, and they snap in. It's generally removed at night and then put in during the day. Uh, Disadvantage is that it's removable. You know, it's small. It can get lost. It needs to be taken out and cleaned. The teeth can be more easily cleaned than a bridge, but you still are responsible for keeping those two teeth clean so that it doesn't decay. There is another type of partial that uh, goes over both sides. And now the disadvantage for that is that it's crossing the midline. And most dentists will make partials out of nickel. And we've already talked about how many women are really sensitive to nickel. And now we've got nickel crossing a midline. Um, The partial can be made out of different types of acrylics. And if you look at your compatibility testing and find out what you're able to handle, you might be able to handle a a valplast or a flexite uh, lucitone. There are several different really durable materials and that partial is then put in during the daytime and taken out at night. 
these need to be cleaned really well. So there should be some time allowed for them to be completely scrubbed down and even soak in something for a little while. And the tissue needs to be given time to breathe. It's kind of like wearing shoes. You don't go to bed with shoes on. You take your shoes and socks off and give your feet a little while to breathe. The same thing needs to happen with the tissue because something's actually sitting on that tissue. It's supplying a little bit of pressure. So there needs to be at least a couple of hours during the day or at night where you take that partial out so that the gum tissue can be re-stimulated, can be, uh, have good circulation flow to it. Um, so that's another downside of having a partial. And then, the, well, one of the advantages of a partial is that you can replace two teeth or more in a mouth less expensive than you could with, say, having bridge work done or with having implants done, which we'll get to in just a minute. After a partial, when you're talking about replacing all of a teeth, either on a top arch or bottom arch, would be a denture. And again, it's really important that this denture be made of something that is has no metal in it whatsoever. You used to hear that, you know, that wasn't possible, it would break, but there are a lot of very good, strong materials now that are out there. And it's important for you to find out what you'll be able to tolerate. I know I've seen people that have had reactions from the materials that were used, and not only to the point where they would break out on the palate or roof of their mouth, um, but they would have more systemic reactions. One of them was a severe anaphylactic reaction that put a lady in the hospital. So it's important to find out what's going to be used. As far as the partials and the dentures go, it's even important to find out what kind of material the teeth are going to be made out of because they're not made out of the same material that the acrylic is. You know, some of the pink materials that are used to simulate the gum tissue have cadmium in them. So it's really important that you find out what this material is going to be made out of when you're talking about having these appliances done. So I I want to introduce my trusty sidekick here, Toby. He's here with us this week, and I understand we have some questions. Yes, we do. Howdy, everybody. Um, Somebody had emailed at drdawn.net right before you mentioned dentures what is the difference between a denture and a bridge so would the difference be that a denture is a full set of quote-unquote teeth on the upper on the bottom or and a bridge is just a partial or yeah well the the term partial is really a partial uh word because what it's a partial denture okay and then we just abbreviate it instead of calling it a partial denture we just call it a partial um I prefer talking to my patients and talking about retainers because when you talk about a partial to me as a woman, it conjures up visions of granny teeth. Um, now I remember your mom and she had some partials and you know, the kids used to love it when she took them out. I don't know what it is about kids and, and having their uh, grandparents take their teeth out. But you know, the kids would just laugh and giggle and just thought that that was the coolest thing. Then granny, take your teeth out. And, uh, but for a woman that is just not very appealing. You know, uh, they don't like the thought of having to take their teeth out at night and maybe be with their loved one. And, and it's just, so if you say it's a retainer that conjures up a more youthful vision in my mind, it's holding a space I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that space yet. I don't know whether I have enough good health to give away to put 
an implant in there. I'm not really sure yet. So that's where the, the term partial comes from is it's actually a partial denture. And another uh, listener asked, can dentures and partials and bridges and all that kind of stuff, can they be made holistically or all biologically? Well, the the biological way of making them, realize that the traditional way of making a, a bridge is using nickel. And so uh, a more biological way would be looking at the materials. Number one, doing compatibility and making sure that you're going to be compatible with those materials. So that would be one way of doing a, a more biological. You still have to destroy the the enamel on the tooth, you have to remove it. And there's nothing as good as what God gave you. So I'm not really a fan. If you have, if you lost a tooth and you're going to opt for a bridge and the teeth on either side are virgin teeth, which means they've never had any dental work done whatsoever. To me, it's just horrible that the option would be immediately to look at a full bridge. If they're going to use a bridge, why can't we look at something like a Carlson winged bridge or a Maryland bridge that would remove less of the tooth structure and keep it intact instead of defiling a tooth and taking all the enamel off and you know running the risk of smothering it so that the tooth may abscess later or die. So I'm not really a fan of that. I would be more a fan of having a removable partial done until the person can even decide what they want to have done. So that, that buys you some time. As far as the partials go, um, a biological office would take into consideration the materials that are used. Certainly there wouldn't be any nickel. Um, making sure that the person is compatible with them and then doing some unique things, which is really a, a, a good question. I mean, I wouldn't have thought to even go over this. I know I saw years ago um, a dentist patient that had come in, they were a flautist. They they played a flute for a living in an orchestra, and they were about to lose a front tooth, and their primary concern was that they wouldn't be able to play the flute correctly because your tongue has to go in a certain position, and they were really up in arms about what this was going to do to their career. And so the dentist got very, very creative and made this single tooth removable, it had it snap on in the back, but created kind of like a whole void in one area so that the person could put their tongue up against the back of the teeth and not have it interfere with their speech. You know, your tongue usually finds another place. So somebody, like a kid that gets a retainer, right when they get the retainer, their tongue doesn't know where to go, so they sound <laughs> like they're talking funny. <laughs> but the tongue retrains itself, and soon the patient doesn't sound any different. And so the same thing happens. But, you know, if you're doing this for a living, then it's really important that you don't have a, a lag time <laughs> or you can't play the flute for a little while. <laughs> so, okay. You talked about a three-sided crown earlier, I think. Yeah, three-quarter crown. Three-quarter crown. Okay. Doesn't that make the surface of the tooth uneven then? Oh, okay. I'm... I'm not sure how you're envisioning a, a three-quarter crown. The, the crown looks like a regular crown, but a, a regular crown covers an entire tooth. If you could, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a condom. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it yeah. fits on all sides of the tooth, completely covering it. But if someone removed one window of the crown, then it would be called a three-quarter crown. It still fits over the top and over three of the sides, but there's one side of the tooth. So, no, it still fits. Your bite still fits appropriately. It's adjusted just like any other tooth or crown would be. Well, we need to go to break here shortly, but... I think our listeners would really like to stay on this subject of it's like a condom. No, no, I just meant it fits. It fits like a glove on top of of the tooth. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a minute. If you are looking for a dentist that can provide uh, biological services for you, please hit our website, www.iabdm.org. It's International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. And see if you can find the practitioner button and find someone in your area. If you can't, then you contact one of us, Toby or myself, Dawn, and I will help get you in, in line with a dentist. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the Executive Director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. Again, it's a group of dentists and physicians that understand that something that's in your mouth, maybe part of the dentistry that you have right now, could be affecting your health 
and vice versa. Your health could cre be creating an opportunity for decay or for a tooth to die without a good reason. We're talking about different types of dental work that's in your mouth, and we had actually stopped right at dentures, and so I want to uh, expand on dentures. The traditional dentures are ones that go in and are taken out every day. And again, because this is like a partial denture where it rests on the gum tissue, there needs to be an opportunity for the, the denture to come out and be cleaned completely. These are, even though they look really slick, you know, they look nice and shiny and they're made out of uh, an acrylic that seems smooth. If you look at it under a microscope, there are little pores in there. So bacteria can get in there, which is why it's so important for them to be removed. Just like an appliance that's in your mouth for maybe a, a snore guard or a DNA appliance. They need to be removed and they need to be cleaned thoroughly so that you don't end up reinfecting yourself. Another type of denture would be an all-on-four, which means that uh, a different type of denture is made. It actually looks like a string of little teeth all kind of glued together in an arch and four implants are placed into the person's mouth. So if you're talking about top teeth, then they actually implant four implants in specific places. And then this denture is then screwed in to those four implants. So the person doesn't take them out every night, but they do need to keep them very clean. And so the downside of that is that they have to floss underneath there. They have to keep the implants very clean. So, you know, years ago, uh, we didn't even know that there was a periimplantitis, which means that the implant gets infected around it because the person doesn't take good hygiene or, or maybe they're interleukin one positive and they overreact to foreign materials placed in their mouth, or maybe they, they, they didn't have compatibility testing done and they find out that they're reactive to titanium, which is the traditional form of implant that's done. But the all on four are becoming more popular because people don't want the so-called granny teeth. They don't want people to know that they have dentures. So when you look at them, they look beautiful. I mean, you're able to make a Hollywood smile for someone, uh, but the downside is you have something that's permanently placed into your jawbone, which is the implant. And that's really what I want to talk about next are implants. So when people call or email and say, okay, I had a root canal tooth taken out and the dentist wants to, imp to put an implant in the same day, um, you know, that causes concern for me because I don't know if they're cleaning out all of the unhealthy bone that that root canal was sitting in. I can't imagine that you would have as good a success rate of putting an implant in an unhealthy bone. So it seems to make sense to me that if they were going to place an implant, they would take the tooth out. They would make sure that the area filled in with healthy bone so that they would have a better success for that implant. But that's not always the way it's done. Now, there are some dentists that when they take out a tooth, especially if we're talking about a top tooth, you know, your sinus is like a balloon and it kind of comes down towards the teeth. And so if the tooth is removed and there isn't enough room for an implant to be placed, then the dentist might use a PRF, which we've talked about before. It's where the patient's blood is drawn. It's spun down and the platelets form this little fibrin clot, 
And so it makes a little plug and that plug is placed into that area where the void is and it's used as a scaffolding for the body to create new bone in that area. The area is sutured and then the patient is allowed a healing period, maybe six months or so before the implant is placed in that area. If the sinus is really low, then you're going to be seeing a much more skilled dentist than a regular dentist. You might be seeing someone who deals with implants as a specialty. You might be seeing an oral maxillofacial surgeon, an oral surgeon who would actually do a procedure called a sinus lift where they will try to lift. Remember I said the sinus is like a balloon. They try to lift it and then use some bone augmentation or the PRF to gain height in the bone so that there's a more depth of bone for the implant to be placed in. The traditional kind of implant that is used in dentistry right now, the most common implant, is a titanium implant. I have concerns with titanium. Number one, there is some research on there that shows that it can um, change the T-cell count. So if I've got somebody that's got a compromised immune system, I don't want to put something in that can change their immune system. It's also a haptin. A haptin, H-A-P-T-E-N, is something that when it goes in the body, it causes or can cause an immune system change. And so here we're talking about placing this haptin in uh, a titanium implant, and all of a sudden the person, maybe a year or two, maybe five years later, ends up with Hashimoto's disease or uh, lupus, scleroderma, any one of the autoimmune dysfunctions So I'm not really a fan of the titanium implants. For me, it's more an issue than just the fact that it's a haptin. No place in the body do we screw something in like this. Well, there, there are joints and things that are done, but the meridians go through each of the teeth. So if you put a titanium implant in there, it's not uncommon for it to short out the entire meridian. So you might have healthy teeth, And, you know, most meridians have between four and eight teeth on that meridian. All of a sudden you have teeth that start dying that are perfectly healthy teeth. They've never had a filling done on them. They've never had any trauma. But because the meridian is being messed with by having that titanium implant on there, these other teeth are at risk. And so I'm just not a fan of doing that. Uh, The other option for implants is using the zirconia implant, which is, a, if you want to know a more biological option, that would be a more biological option. Um, the disadvantage to using a porcelain implant is that the energy can't go through it at all. So I always use the example, there are these little gadgets that you can get and put on your lamp so that you don't have to reach your arm all the way up to the light switch to turn your lamp on and off in the middle of the night. You put it on your lamp and you touch the lamp anywhere on it and the light comes on. And then you touch it again and the light goes off. But it has to be placed on a portion of the lamp that has metal. If you place that gadget on the part of the lamp that is the ceramic pretty part or or wood or whatever because the electricity won't go through the ceramic or the wood then that function doesn't work you can touch the lamp all you want but it's not going to turn on or to turn off so the zirconia implants won't allow electricity to go through it at all this is completely different 
than shorting out the entire meridian. So for me, if I have an eight lane freeway, so we're now we're talking about a meridian, maybe the lung and large intestine, which does have eight teeth related to it. So if I have an eight lane freeway and I have one lane of the freeway where I have a stalled car, that's it. It's just a stalled car. So everybody in that lane has to kind of move over and it is a burden to traffic, but it's not the same burden as if something happened to an 18 wheeler and it completely rolled over sideways and blocked all eight lanes of that traffic. So that's the difference between a titanium implant. It's basically it ha- runs the risk of shorting out all everything on that meridian. So that would be my 18 wheeler that's fallen over sideways versus a stalled car that's in one lane. I still have seven lanes that are accessible and easy to use. I just have the burden of everybody having to slow down in this one lane. So a porcelain implant or zirconia implant would be a much better option health-wise for the individual. You still have to make sure that the person is not reactive to the zirconia implant, that the person is taking care of that implant. You still run the risk of having the peri-implantitis, which means that the person can reject that implant and it just get loose and fall out. And this, you know, you're talking about a lot of money when you're talking about having implants done to just have it rejected certainly can't feel very good for a patient. And the dentist, it wouldn't be fair that he would have to uh, bear the cost of that. So unfortunately, the cost gets put back on the patient. If you have an implant and it fails, then I I always tell my patient, if you have an implant and it fails, I want you to come back and see me. Let's try to figure out why it failed first before we even consider putting another one back in that. And that might mean that we're running some lab work looking at interleukin 1A to see if that person is one of those chicken little people that, you know, sky is falling, sky is falling. Well, I've got something foreign in here. I should push it out. That's my job. So we wouldn't want to spend another $5,000 on an implant just to have it fail a second time. Maybe this person has a clotting disorder. I mean, there are different reasons why the implant might not be suitable for that individual. And when you're talking about large investments like multiple implants, we get back to that all on four. You know, let's say, um, I know I've seen an advertisement on TV here in Houston, dentures in a day, where what they're talking about is taking your removable dentures out, placing eight implant posts in you that day and screwing your new partials, you know, the, the dentures that are just the teeth into those implants that very same day heaven forbid that person you know reject one of those because then they're going to be out a good amount of money and uh, time plus healing period for their body so we've been today we've been talking about different types of dentistry that are available and uh, I'd like for you to go to our website if you're looking for a dentist that can provide these it's www.iabdm.org and we're going to take another break and we'll be back in just a moment your life your health your network You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. Hello, I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing, and today we've been talking about all kinds of different dental work. You know, first off, I want to say there's absolutely nothing as good as what God gave you. Please take care of your enamel. Make sure that you're brushing your teeth every day. A dry toothbrush is great. Make sure you're flossing, using a water pick, anything that you can to help keep your teeth clean and keep the bacteria count down so that we don't destroy that God-given enamel and have to have any dental work done. Dental work is not cheap. And sometimes you pay a price more than just the financial one with your health, depending on the kinds of materials that are in there. You know, I was talking about implants just a moment ago, and a real common comment that comes up from uh, patients, at least the ones that I see, say, well, my dentist told me that I just had a tooth taken out, and I've got a very small window of about six months where I can have this implant placed, and then all the bone just dissolves. That's just not true. Um, you know, do we like to keep teeth so that we keep b- healthy bone? Yes, that would be ideal. But I have seen teeth that have been taken out and some kind of a partial placed, and main, those people have been able to maintain good bone health. If you don't have something to replace that tooth, then it's true. You can have, let's say you have the second to the tooth last of the last taken out on the bottom. So now you have all of your teeth and then there's a gap and then you have one single tooth left. Your teeth are meant to withstand a tremendous amount of pressure end on end. But the moment that tooth starts leaning into the gap of where the tooth has been removed, it's now not standing up straight. 
So it's not meant to withstand that kind of pressure. And every time you chew or hit on that tooth, it puts a torque on the root tip of that tooth and makes that tooth rock back and forth in its socket, which ultimately makes the tooth lean over even more and collapse. And so a dentist will caution a patient that's had a tooth removed. You need to put something in its place. But that something in its place can be the space maintainer that I talked about, the the retainer that is holding that space. It could be that the person has uh, some dentistry done where maybe they have a cantilever or they have a Maryland bridge done uh, or they look at having implants done. Of course, after listening to this, hopefully you'll understand that a porcelain implant might be a better option. There are fewer dentists that do the zirconia implants. They are more expensive for the dentist to do. They are harder for the dentist to learn how to do. The The learning curve is pretty steep. When you talk to guys that have been doing implants for a while, I remember uh, Dr. Bobby Beckman, who's with our organization. He's in Del Grappa, Italy. And uh, he's been placing implants probably for about 12 years now. But he lectured to our group about four or five years ago and told us, you know, what the learning curve was for them. And, of course, they weren't even cleared here in the United States. And part of that reason was because the failure rate was so high. So the difference in the techniques used by the dentist in order to have a successful implant are a little different with the porcelain ones. The instruments that are used are completely different. So if a dentist is making a good income doing titanium implants, he might be hesitant to have that learning curve start all over again, have to train his staff on porcelain implants, have to go out and get completely new materials. And the implants themselves are much more expensive than the titanium implants are. So the cost to the dentist is higher, so he has to have the that cost passed on to the patient as well. So, Toby, I understand we have a, another question. We do. A couple before we um, have to run. The bridge you talked about, uh, the Carlson Wing Bridge, I think that's Ron Carlson out of Hawaii. Is that correct? Yes. And then the other one, is it Maryland as in the state or Maryland as in the lady's name? Oh, I think it's a Maryland like the state, Maryland Bridge. Okay. And then... Another question which was very interesting and that came to my mind as well. We're talking about bridges, implants, dentures, that kind of thing that are going to make what may not have been pretty teeth look pretty. It's going to give you, and so people are emailing with envisioning this gorgeous smile that you're going to end up with. And so they're asking the questions about, do you have to go to a specialist like We'll thumb through the magazines here in the Houston area where we're at, and we'll see the Smile Doctor and the Smile Center. And it it seems that all of these dentists, what they're promoting is these just gorgeous smiles. Can any dentist do what you're talking about? uh, Well, legally, yes, any dentist can do as long as they've gone through training. That's the, you know, it falls on the patient to do their due diligence to find out if this doctor that's going to do implants, did he just take a weekend course on doing implants? Um, Because I've seen some horrific implants that have been placed past the sinus where they're up in the sinus and they're now actually, um, you know, an artificial hindrance to the body and um, need to be removed. 
So you want to make sure that the dentist is qualified, certainly in his training, but legally they are allowed to do that. You, you mentioned something in this person's question when you talked about pretty smiles. And one thing that I did not cover when we were talking about different types of dentistry, and that is veneers. Veneers are like a thick fingernail. So what they do is go in and they do usually remove, file down a small amount of the outside layer of the enamel on the smile side of your teeth in an effort to make the tooth not as thick. And then the veneer has been made in the lab and they are glued on exactly like a fake fingernail. They should fit the tooth precisely and change the color of the tooth or whatever, but it also changes the thickness of the tooth. So there's going to be a little um, adjustment period for the person getting used to their tongue and how they speak with certain words. Uh, but other than that, that that's a veneer, which is a difference from having all of your teeth crowned. So if somebody has maybe some fluorosis of their teeth or they have one tooth that just the enamel didn't you know, form properly on it, then they might be having a veneer done. So I wanted to make sure that I covered that. But no, any dentist that is licensed can do this. It's just that, uh, it's, you know, it falls on the patient to ask a lot of questions because certainly I have seen patients that have had metal mesh placed in their jaw instead of having uh, bone built up. I've seen others have part of their hip placed into the jaw so that they can have enough bone to be able to seat something in. Uh, the cost to patients is staggering financially. So I, my, you know, in, the thing that I try to stress to patients is we, we want to get as many ducks in a row on the front side. We want to make sure that your blood work looks good. We, we'd hate for you to be allergic to something and make this massive investment and then have to have it all removed. And of course, unfortunately, when you're dealing with dental implants, in particular, I'm thinking of the titanium ones, there is no way to test if it's going to short out the meridian. You just honestly don't know until the dental work is done. And then the patient starts having problems. And then they usually end up seeing someone like me who's trying to do some medical investigation to figure out what's going on. And then you realize, oh, here's what happened. And then you can go in and do testing through either doing muscle testing or EAV and find out that this is a burden. But unfortunately, there is no option short of removing that implant. And I already said some of these implants, you know, are five to $7,000 by the time you have the implant done and a restoration placed on top, which is usually a crown. We're down to our last minute and a half and a quick question. Implants, bridges, dentures, is that taught in dental school as part of a normal dentist's education or is this stuff that is taught over and above? I, they do learn about crowns and they learn about bridges and they learn about making partials. By the time they get to uh, doing implants, I'm not so sure that that's taught in dental school. I think it's more postgraduate. And there are lots of postgraduate courses that are out there. There are some specialties out there called prosthodontics. A prosthodontic used to be the person that you'd go to have dentures made. You know, if your regular dentist was having a hard time getting a good fitting set of dentures, then you would go see a specialist. But the prosthodontist now, uh, uh, gosh, everybody does implants. The periodontist does implants. Uh, you see some oral surgeons that do implants. 
So it's not uncommon for general dentists to do your implants. So if you're looking for a dentist and you're looking for some biological solutions, please reach our website, www.iabdm.org, and please think about your teeth. Your teeth and what you have in your mouth could be affecting your health. It could make all the difference in the world for you to seek out the services of a biological dentist. I appreciate you listening to us for today, and I hope that we've helped answer some questions about different types of dental work. Thank you again for tuning in to the Tooth Body Connection. Please join your host, Dr. Don Ewing, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again about a healthy mouth and a healthy body next week. We'll be right back.